Well, welcome everyone to Downtown Harbor Church. I am so excited that you are here with us today as we wrap up this five-week talk conversation series, whatever you want to call it, called The Power of Thought. And I'm Adam. I'm the lead communicator here. And I was so fortunate to be able to start this series a couple of weeks ago. And I'm going to bookend it today as we end this series, as we continue to dive in to this idea of our thoughts and that our thoughts that we have control over in some way. And how can we then be in our thoughts and be in our psyche and allow that to affect our life. What does that look like? And we've been talking about that in such a powerful way here in the last number of weeks. And I just have to tell you something. First service was a very powerful time here at DHC, and I just feel like today is going to be no different here at 1030. So buckle up because it's going to be a fun, fun morning and a powerful morning. But let me just start you off with a thought. It's a thought that I heard recently, and this is just kind of a one-off, but it's one of those tweetable, Facebookable things that really just struck me right where I was. Because so often, as it relates to our thoughts, one of the things that we dwell on and kind of think about is this idea of projecting into the future. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But if we were actually honest with ourselves, we could probably say that most of the times when we project into the future, we project into the negative. We project with things that actually could be negative in our life. Wouldn't you probably be okay with admitting that you do that? So someone told me this as we kind of kick off this message, and I loved it so much, I just felt led to kind of bring it here. It's this. If you're going to make up stuff about the future, might as well make up stuff that makes you happy. Because it's this idea that really, at the end of the day, we have no idea what's going to happen. And a lot of those things are outside of our control. So as we think about it and dwell about it and are in our thoughts and our psyche, why wouldn't we make up things that are joyful and good and that make us happy. So I've been really kind of dwell, trying to dwell there and focus there. But in the last four weeks, we've covered a myriad of topics here related to our thoughts and how our human minds work and how it affects our body and our emotions and our heart, right? And the first week we talked about anxiety. We talked about this idea that many of us struggle with anxiety, that a lot of us have worry, right, about the future. And the, the scripture tells us, do not worry, for worrying will never, ever add a single day to your life. Don't do it. It's really, really detrimental to you. And then we had an opportunity to talk about decision-making, these decisions that we would make in life that are kind of starting in our thoughts and that we need to have confidence in the fact that God has led us to a place and that he would lead us and that we need to have confidence in that decision. And then we talked about comparison, how dangerous it is to compare ourselves to other people and they who have more or less than us and what that looks like. And then last week, John actually had a chance to talk about the past and about how related to you and your future, about how dangerous to just live in the past is. It's this idea that if you live in the past and dwell on what happened in the past, that your future will not be as bright as it could be. And for so many of us, our minds and hearts are just consumed with the past and things that we've done. But why I love this one today, because those are the last four weeks, why I love this one today is because right where we're at, this one that we're going to talk about today, this idea today, this concept today, ties everything together. In fact, this one that we're going to talk about today kind of weaves in and out of every one of the last four weeks. That's how important this is. Because when you take each one of the last four weeks and let it kind of marinate in your heart and mind, those things kind of create something and allow you to form an opinion of yourself. When this weaves through every one of those weeks. So today related to your thoughts, related to how you process and how you view, your, view yourself. We're going to talk about identity. We're going to talk about 
this thing called identity. How do people view you? Furthermore, how do you view yourself? What do you think about yourself? So we're going to talk about that today. This comes directly from the scripture, which I love, because the truth is, the fact of the matter is, is that this was addressed in the New Testament of the Bible, in the book of 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 10, right? Peter was addressing a group of people who were new followers of Jesus, and we're going to talk about that in a little bit. And he said this related to identity. Once you had no identity as a people, now, now. You are God's people. Previously, you had no identity, right? You were lost. How could you identify yourself? Now through Christ. Now through faith in the risen Messiah. Now through faith in God. Only do you have this massive identity. Now you are God's people. The question is this. Related to you, right where you're at. Related to me, here's the question. What is your identity? How do you form that identity about yourself? Furthermore, what is an identity, right? How could we define this? Because a lot of us go, okay, well, how do I put myself out there? How do I view myself? How does the world view me? What exactly is that, right, in its purest form? We just believe this. We believe an identity in its purest form is this. What you think about you right? An identity is what you think about you. So what do you think about yourself? The real question is, what do you think about yourself? Furthermore, let's take that a step further. As you form this identity, as you craft this identity about yourself, your view of yourself, here's the question that every one of us needs to ask, right? Here's the question. Who are you? Who are you? Before we dive into that and get a little bit deeper so we can answer that question, here is a question, right? And this is just a simple one, but it's true. Have you ever Googled yourself? Have you ever Googled yourself? Think about it. I mean, if you haven't, please do at some point. It's just eye-opening, and you're going to find out a lot of things that you may have known, maybe you didn't know, but have you ever Googled yourself? Because at the end of the day, the world, culture, society, whatever you want to call it, could really get a good idea of kind of who you are by Google. It's our one source to go, hey, maybe this is where I can see a little bit about my identity. So I Googled myself, which was interesting. Now, unlike my buddy, the executive director, John, who was up here last week, I don't really Google myself a lot. He Googles himself about three, four times a day, okay? I mean, you know, just to make sure nothing's been scantily clad, posted, or anything like that. But, here, here's, here, but I Googled myself, and this is what came up, which is interesting. I have my bad headshot, okay? It talks about I was an author because I wrote a couple of books, and those are there. And it just kind of goes through. I have a blog, and there's my Twitter account. I wrote a couple of articles. And then this photographer in England is named Adam Duckworth. Don't go to the site. That is not a good site, okay? I'll just give you a heads up right now. But he's there, okay? And, and, and so I just thought this was interesting because if you're talking about an identity, the world culture could look at this and go, okay, well, this is hopefully a pretty accurate representation of who this guy is. Then I did a little bit of a further study, um, and I kind of went a little bit deeper and I was like let me see what images are out there of me I would love to see what images are there I just thought it would be you know kind of mind-blowing who's posted something of me maybe something's there that I don't know is there and I found this which I thought was really good so <laughs> and I wondered who got that picture and where they found it from apparently it was me I posted that at some point making the ducky face and regardless I just thought it was very interesting that this was actually out there, but um, try that this week. See what Google says about you, because it's very interesting. But see, for many people, 
if they were being honest related to their identity, something defines their identity in their life. For many, events define their identity. Things they've gone through in their life, traumatic experiences, joyful experiences, the good and the bad, define their identity. And they go, because I've, don't miss this, this is so key. Because I've experienced this, this is now who I am. Because I've gone through this, whatever the event is, this is now what's going to define me. This is who I am. And for some of us, there are a lot of negative, and for some of us, there are a lot of joyful events, and those things have kind of penetrated our life, and that's who we claim to be. If we were to answer the question, who are you, that's what we would say has defined our life. Furthermore, I mean, just to give you a couple of examples, right, maybe divorce has defined your life. Maybe you were married once and you tried to do that and that didn't work out for you and you thought it was going to be a really great thing and you were in love and then that didn't work out and so you're just like man I don't know that I'm going to ever love again and you carry this around with you and you kind of wear that scarlet letter right right on you and you go this is this is who I am this is how I define myself I don't know that I'll ever love again maybe in your life it wasn't that maybe you just had a failure I don't know what that was. Maybe it was in a relationship. Maybe it was related to business. Maybe you did something really dumb and you're like, man, I failed at this. And this is going to follow me wherever I go in my relationships and in my life. And, and I don't know that I can ever get over this. This is my identity. This is who I am. I'm tied to this thing, right? Maybe at some point in time in your life, you did something and you ran into some trouble, right? Maybe you had some trouble with the law. Maybe you spent some time in county, okay? And sure enough, you're like, man, I don't know that I could ever shake this. Maybe when someone sees you on Google, they have a mugshot. And you're like, this is my identity. This is how I'm going to be defined forever, right? This is me, and I'm wearing it. I'm living it. I'm dwelling in it. Maybe for you, it was a bad accident. Maybe for you, you got into an automobile accident, or there was an accident somewhere along the way in your life, and you're like, I can't shake this. This is, this is the definition of my life now. This is identity. This is how I define myself. Those are kind of negative experiences that we would say kind of transform and, and form our identity. Maybe for you, there were some positive experiences, and this is how you, you know, identify yourself and form your identity. Maybe you're a cancer survivor. Maybe you were diagnosed with the big C, and you know what? You beat it, and there's a big movement out there for that, and that's a good thing, and you should celebrate that, but that's now how you are forming your identity. This is who I am. This is all that I am. Look at me. This is what I've done. Maybe you're in your stage of life where you're about to leave home and go away to college, or maybe you were in kind of an abusive relationship, and you've gotten out of that, and you're independent, right? And you're going, look at me. I'm Miss or Mr. Independent. Look how independent I am. I don't need anybody. I can do this on my own. This is my identity. This is who I am. Maybe for you, it was the birth of a child, Maybe you've had a child, whether you're a mom or dad, and you're going, man, I have this now birth of a child, and this is what I'm going to form my identity around. This is who I am now. An identity. Maybe it was the birth of a child for you. Negative and positive things can form our identity. But here's what I want you to know. None of those events... Oh, this is according to the scripture. This is according to God. This is absolutely following the words of Jesus. Here's what I want you to know. None of those events should define our identity. In fact, some would say that it would derail our identity. Some of those events would. They, the event doesn't have to derail your identity. 
every single thing that I mentioned, and being honest, gang, most of us don't live in the positive, right? We're going to talk about that. Most of us, if we were being honest, which is why I opened with that quote that I did, tend to live in the negative. And we go, this event, because it's bad, and I can't shake this, I can't, you know, brush it off, it's going to form my identity. The event doesn't have to derail your identity. How you interpret the event can. How you look at that event, that thing you went through, and how you interpret it and put your best foot forward can help you form your identity going forward in your life. Because I just believe this. This is something that I believe with all my heart. You can't determine who you're meant to be until you determine who you are. You can't determine what you're going to do long term and who you're meant to be and how you're going to impact this world and those around you until you figure out who you really are. So let's ask the question again. Who are you? Who are you? I feel like the caterpillar in Alice in Wonderland, right? Who are you? And the truth is, if we were to answer that question bluntly and we were to have a cup of coffee together or a dinner together or lunch together, whatever that looks like, and we were to just be blunt and lay all of our cards on the table, do you want to know what most of us would say? Because of our events in our life that have happened, the good things, the bad, but let's focus on the bad. For most of us, right, who we are is determined by our negative thoughts, Because most of the time, it's just human nature. Human nature leans negative. We go, I can't shake the negative. The negative is almost addicting to me because that's what culture promotes and society promotes. So I have to live there too. And people tell me, you'll never shake that in your life. That is your identity, those bad things that happen to you. Because for most of us, most of us lean negative and our identity is determined by those negative thoughts. Think about this for a moment. What do negative experiences and negative thoughts lead to? What emotions do they lead to? Follow this. Guilt. You ever felt guilt? You let guilt be a crucial part of forming your identity and you will never be the person that you should be. What about this one? What about shame based on those negative events? Have you ever let that permeate your heart and sit there? What about embarrassment? Sure, A lot of us have probably felt that from time to time. Well, I will tell you this. If those emotions kind of resonate with you and sit there, you will never experience your true identity, which exists so you can identify yourself and then go out and be who you are meant to be. It will never be that way if you land in these negative thoughts and emotions based on events that have happened. A lot of us tend to think this. Because in my life blank happened, blank must be true about me. We're accustomed to thinking this. Hey, because this happened over here, it was, it was an isolated event, but it was really stupid. It was a failure. I shouldn't have done that. I, I, I couldn't get over that. It, was, it, it went on for a period of time. Whatever that is for you, because blank happened, blank must be true about me. They've told me it's true about me. I can't shake it. How can I shake it? This is true, isn't it? But the truth is the scripture has a different story. And it always does, related to our human nature and our way of thinking, because the Bible helps us to understand about this dangerous thought pattern, about forming our identity based in negativity and those events that can break us down should we land there. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says this. I love this, talking to some of the early church, early followers of Jesus about their thoughts and about forming their own identity. It's so key, right? 
Don't copy the behavior and customs of what? Of this world. Let me rephrase this for today's modern era, right? Don't copy the behavior and customs of society and the media, which is what? Negative. We lean there and land there so much. It goes on, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think, by changing the way you think, by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Hold up. Hold the phone. That's one of my new favorite expressions, hold the phone. I think I got it from the Muppets, but regardless, that's one of my new favorite expressions, right? I love, never mind, I won't even go into the Swedish chef and those kind of things, but, okay, hold on a second change the way I think? Wait, wait a second. What do you mean change the way I think? These are my thoughts. I can't get them out of my head. They're just there. Wait, 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 wait. Change the way I think. Are, is that verse saying in, in some roundabout way? And Adam, are you saying that God himself can change the way I think? Is that the claim you're making from this stage with pineapples on your shirt here in this church? Is that, is that what you're saying? Yes. Let me, t- let me unpack that. I'm not telling you that because I think that. I'm not telling you that because the Bible says it, even though those are true. I'm telling you that because I've experienced it. I'm telling you that because it's been a part of my life, a huge part of my life. That when you understand your true identity, that God can actually help transform your thoughts, the way you think and the way you form your identity to a world who so desperately needs followers of Jesus in it. The only way you can do this, though, the only way you can continue to understand and control your thoughts by understanding the power of them related to your identity is understanding where your true identity comes from. By understanding that if you have said yes to Jesus somewhere along the way in your life, if you had said yes to Jesus claiming to be the risen Messiah that he was, which if you say yes to him, you are then made right with God the Father in heaven. If you have said yes to him, then you need to understand where your true identity lies lies because it's not in the negative it's not in the events that drag us down it's not even in the positive but understanding that your identity is in him first i guarantee a lot of us don't think that at least if we know it or think it it's way deep down and our minds don't go to it immediately so here's a question because all those things that we've talked about in our mind even though they may have happened Related to your identity, let me tell you something. They're not true. They're not true. What if you replaced what isn't true with what's true? What if we actually took control of our thoughts and said, all these things that are weighing me down, all these bad decisions that I've been a part of, everything that has had the potential to ruin my life or I've messed up, that is not my identity. That is not who I am. What if we actually replaced what isn't true with what's true? We love the verse Romans 12 too. We've read it once already, but we're going to read it again from a different translation. There are different translations of the Bible, and we love this one that used a specific word, right? Do not conform to the pattern of this pattern of this world. Be transformed by the what? Renewing of your mind. Renewing your mind. How do we do that? What does renewing look like? Well, first of all, you can never stop thinking. So anybody who tells you 
that the way that you renew your mind is just to stop thinking is lying because you're never going to stop thinking. In fact, it says you have over 70,000 thoughts a minute, right? People who study the mind say, think about that. Think of all the ping, 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 ping that goes on in your mind constantly. You're never going to stop thinking. But you know what renewing might look like? Renewing might look like replacing taking one of those negative thoughts or emotions and going, you are weightless to me and I'm going to replace it with what's true. I'm going to replace it with what I know is true about myself in Christ, in God. You know what else renewing is? Renewing is ranking, going in my mind and heart. I'm not going to give those negative thoughts that I think define my identity. I'm not going to give them rank above what's actually true. I'm not going to give them rank in sequential order over things that I know are true about myself because that noise, that's gone. Even though it happened, that's not true related to my identity. But I know some things that are true. If you've said yes to Jesus and your life, and you've pivoted your life and said yes to following after him, here's a question for you. Do you know what's true about you? Because a lot of us would go, not really. I don't, I don't really know what's true anymore. In fact, I struggle to realize what's true. In fact, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of lost. So, so who would know what's true about me? How would I know what's true about myself? Well, I'll tell you this, even if you don't know what's true about yourself, God does. And as you look at the power of your thoughts and you look at your identity, here's something I want you to know. And we don't think about this a lot. We don't land here a lot because our minds are filled with busyness and life and negative and positive emotions, all that stuff. Here's what I want you to know. If God knows what's true about you, then this could be true as well, that God knows your identity, that God knows your identity and God knows who you are. If you've said yes to Jesus, there are some things about you that are just true, whether you know it or not. There are some things about you that are so true that you need to land on because if you land on these things, then what you will be able to do is exponentially different than if you didn't dwell, or, dwell on or land on these things. Because you know what's true about you? God does, as I said before, but do you know what's true about you? One of the things that's true about you is this, is that you belong to him. I belong to him. That when you've said yes to Jesus, you are now his and he is now yours. This miraculous Messiah who came to earth making you right should you have it with the creator of the universe. You belong to him. You wonder what else is true? That I am chosen by God. That in some miraculous way, he reached his hand down from the creation of the universe onto planet earth and plucked you out of it and said, I choose you. Think about what you could do if you realized what really was true, that you are chosen by God. I am a new creation. That every single minute of every single day and every single hour and every single month and week, I am brand new. No matter what I've done, no matter how bad it is or positive it is, I am new each day in Christ. I am forgiven that no matter how bad I mess up, I can go to him. I can go to God and go, please forgive me for what I've done. And he says, yes. Furthermore, we should translate that forgiveness to others so that we can extend the same grace and love that he did to us. I am included. That's true about you, that you are included. You are included here. You are included in his family. You are included in his bigger story that he is writing. I am secure in him. 
you are secure in him. That no matter how nervous you feel or anxious you feel, he promises you that you have a faith and a security in him that is unshakable, that cannot be matched by anything. How about this one? That I am complete in Jesus, that for so long human beings have searched for an answer and tried to be made right with God. And the only thing that has ever made anybody right with God is faith through Christ Jesus our Lord, that we are complete in him. You also, you want to know what else is true about you? You are not alone, that in your darkest hour, in your weakest moment, that he is there and promises to never leave or forsake you, and that people will be by your side who are followers of his always, that you will not be beat down, but you will be lifted up. How about this one that you should know is true about you, that you are dearly loved, dearly loved by God and dearly loved by other people. You are set free. You are set free from all of the negative things and all of the things that you've done wrong, that you have true freedom in Christ, that you are no longer bound by sin and things that you have done against God, whether you know it or not. Here's something that's true, that I cannot be separated from God's love, that there is nothing that you can do that can separate you from his love, that his love is eternal and he loves you so much and so deep. I am a child of God. Think about if you knew that and you knew that his love for you was as large as a parent's love for a child and that when you say yes to him, you are eternally made right with God and God calls you his child, a child to the king of humanity. It's a pineapples. It's a question. I think it's so true because we just have to be real about this. And here's the question. Because you're probably thinking this like I was thinking this as I wrote this. Did you make all those up? Did you make all, how'd you know, where'd you get all those? If those are true about me, and that can help shape my identity, and if I land there, I can really do anything I want in life, because who wouldn't want to be loved and accepted and to go forward into this world having the ever-present creator of the universe in our hearts and by our side always to do anything greater than we could ever understand or imagine? Did you make all those up? How did you know those? Glad you asked. 2 Corinthians 5, 7, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, creation, the new creation has come. The old is gone. The new is here. I am a new creation. 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. I am forgiven. Romans 8.38, and I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even powers of hell can separate us from God's love. I cannot be separated from God's love. Every single one of those things that I just listed was taken directly from the scripture, taken directly from the Bible. Look for every one of them. They're there. And do you know what? If you've said yes to Jesus, that's your true identity. That's what you need to land in. Because if you believe that, which I do, if you believe that those supernatural things can infiltrate your life right where you're at because of the power of a holy God who loves us, if you believe this, here's what I want you to know. It's so key. Don't miss this. If you believe this, you have power 
over your thoughts. You can do anything. Think of how empowering those phrases were. You know what? We don't think about that. Our minds go to negativity and go, listen, this is just who I am. I can't shake it. Jesus says, no, 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 no. Don't listen to that noise. This is who you really are. Once you had no identity as a people, 1 Peter 2.10, once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. And if, you haven't said, if you've never in your life said yes to Jesus and you're like, what, what does this whole thing mean? We just believe that God promised his creation a Messiah long, long ago, and that Messiah came to earth in the form of a guy by the name of Jesus Christ. Once you actually in your heart and mind just open it to him and saying, Jesus, I don't get it all, I don't understand it all, I'm a mess, but I just invite you into my life. I want to follow after you. I believe that you are the risen Messiah, who you are, that you say that you are. Once you do that, the scripture teaches us that we are just made right with God. We experience all these things. So in a minute, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to just lead that prayer. And anybody who wants to join in with me can do that at that point in time, just right where you're at silently. Your life can be different, and your identity can be different today if it's never been. And if you are a follower of Jesus, revel in these things. Understand these things. Put one foot in front of the other related to these things because you can be different. I truly believe this. If we were to answer that question, who are you? All that mess we mentioned gives no weight. Your true identity is in Christ. Your true identity is in Christ. And with that identity, you can do anything. Anything you want. Anything your mind can comprehend. Because we need to block out the noise, rank your thoughts, renew your mind based on the things that are not true. Because I don't know about you, but I want to believe the things that are true. And I truly believe this. My human mind is not designed like God's. It just isn't. And if I'm going to listen in my life to things that are true about me, I want to listen to what God says about me. Because what God says about you is most true about you. You believe that? Try it. You'll be empowered. You'll have an identity. And you'll be able to go out and to transform this world in ways you never understood or imagined. That's the power of thought. Something you can control with God right by your side every step of the way. Let me pray. Father, first of all, we just come to you together in this room. And, and God, I talked about just praying this prayer. And if anybody in this room would want to pray this along with me just to say yes to you. Here it is, God, just at your feet. We just say, Lord Jesus, come into my life. I believe maybe for the first time, maybe some of us are just reconnecting with you, but I believe that you are who you say that you are. I want to follow after you, and I want this identity because it's so good and so pure and so loving and so accepting. That's what I want in my life. And God, we know that you'll be so quick to hear and answer that prayer and to help each one of us process it together. And for those of us, Lord, who've thought our identity was something else, allow us to just stop and to just realize today that it's in you. And that let that be the core of our foundation, the core of who we are. Therefore, going forward, we can transform and do anything, not giving negative weight to thoughts and noise and events that don't have the potential to shape our future like you do. Guide our hearts. Heal our hearts in this room today, Jesus, we pray. We pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen.